everyone. Welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, DBTPFL. It's Friday, it is December 27th. It's 2019, and we have five basketball games to talk about here on today's slate. I am joined today by my good buddy Kyle Murray. Not Kyler Murray, the guy that might not play in week 17, but Kyle Murray. How are you doing, my friend? I'm good. Yeah, a little bit of a of a Christmas hangover, but you know, I love the holiday season and I'm excited to uh, talk some basketball here on a on a Friday with you. Yeah, I'm excited to talk some basketball as well. I'm not excited about this slate. It's one of the one of the worst Friday basketball slates that we've had in a long time. So, not excited about this slate whatsoever. I might go to this Magic game though. I like going to I go to like Philly games all the time, but I love watching and beating these guys. So I might end up going to this game and just trying to find a showdown slate or something for it. So, uh, but yeah, five games, not a ton to talk about because. You know, we, we are waiting on a little bit of injury news, but um, we, we can break this down pretty good for a first look here. If you guys haven't already, make sure you head on over to our sponsor, FantasyDraft.com. They have their $100,000 Hooters main event up for football this weekend and, um, you know, ton of stuff going on over there. So make sure you're checking them out. Love what they're doing over there, rake-free DFS. Uh, like I, I've said almost every day, pay for the $6 membership, and it's going to pay for itself so fast. Um, you're going to save so much rake. Like I've saved thousands of dollars this year, um, in football season. And now the start of basketball season, just playing rake free DFS. So make sure you're checking them out. Give them a ton of love over there. If, if you play a hundred dollars with a $6 membership, you're going to, it's, it pays for itself. So check them out. If you're a large stakes guy, small stakes person, either way, um, a lot of stuff going on over there. Fantasy draft. Let's get into this slate. We start with OKC at Charlotte, two ten and a half total here. Um, Thunder favored by four and a half. You know, it's a back-to-back for the Thunder, so we don't have an injury report for them. I did not see any injury news come out from that game. Um, and then on the Charlotte side, they're pretty much good to go. Is there anything that you like here for the Thunder on the back-to-back? Uh, yeah, I'm finding myself more often than not really liking at least one of these guards from the Thunder here. I think they all just have pretty good usage and their rates are pretty solid. It is tough to decide between the three, between Paul, SJ, and Schroeder, because, you know, they do somehow, you know, correlate with each other. And, you know, one of them usually is going to have a solid game and, you know, another one might, you know, fault because of that. But I am finding myself having one of these guys, you know, in my uh, player pools. More often than not, it's hard to decide, especially when they're so close in price. SJ is kind of the one that I've been leaning to the most because, you know, he's kind of essentially locked into 35 minutes. That's kind of appears to be, you know, what his floor is around that. Just playing a ton of minutes uh, night in and night out. 6,800 on DraftKings, I think, is just too cheap for a guy that's, you know, guaranteed essentially to play 33 minutes at the bare minimum. And, he, you know, he's upside to play 38, 39. So, SJ, I like a lot. Chris Paul, for a guy who I've, you know, given a lot of flack to over the, the past couple of years, looked pretty pretty solid so far uh, over these past two weeks or so. So, he's a guy I'm interested in here. But the, the main interest for me is SGA. Yeah, like I worry about Chris Ball on a back-to-back after playing 34 minutes on Thursday. Um, but, you know, I like the spot for him here against Charlotte. The guy that I really want to play here is Steven Adams. Like Charlotte's one of the worst teams in basketball against big men. And, like, Steven Adams is a guy, if he plays his normal amount of minutes in this game, could absolutely crush in this game. So he's the guy that I really like. You never feel really secure about him getting minutes. You never, you know, you never love it on a back-to-back either. But – you know, I think that the Thunder, for the most part, you know, Adams only played 28 minutes against Memphis. They kind of got blown out by Memphis in the game on Thursday. So, 
I think Steven Adams is a really interesting tournament play. And for if for some reason he doesn't play, like, you know, um, we would obviously be locking and loading some of these guys because it's just a spot. You, you know, you play Noel on probably every team you build. Like, New Orleans Noel would be ultimate chalk, but he would be good chalk. But I don't think Steven Adams will sit on the back-to-back here. And really, it's a great spot on paper. Um, it's just, is it going to work out? Dennis Schroeder has been doing decent. It's just, I hate the price tag. Like I could pay $200 for SGA, like $200 more for SGA. And I would rather just do that. Like, I know there's a, like a pretty high probability SGA is going to end up playing more minutes than Schroeder. And for $200 more, I'll just play Schroeder. So, um, if Gallinari sits again, we'll kind of have to see, um, if he plays, if they were just kind of sitting on a back to back, but if he sits again, maybe you take a shot on Terrence Ferguson just because, like, he's going to play 30-plus minutes with Gallinari out. He's 3,300. Um, he was 3,500 on Thursday, played 35 minutes, put up 15 fantasy points. He's not, like, any ultimate massive fantasy point-per-minute guy, but, you know, it, it is a five-game slate, so we're going to be starving for value a little bit here. So just a guy that I would, you know, keep on your radar if Gallinari doesn't play. I would rather than play, like – some guy that could actually produce some fantasy points, but who knows? Um, anything that you like here on the Charlotte side? Um, not too much on the Char- on the Charlotte side here. Now, you can go to some of these, you know, somewhat high upside guys, especially uh, if we do see a guy out. Oh, actually, PG Washington's probable now; he's been upgraded. So, yeah, that yeah, kind of will, yeah. So it'll mess up the rotation a little bit compared to what we've seen over the past couple games. So. Not too much for me. This is going to be a pretty slow-paced game. The only guys I'm really targeting are the guys with the really high minutes floor. You know, I don't really want to take a chance on a guy who isn't going to play a ton of minutes. I guess the one guy I would want to take a chance on is on the other side, and that's Noel. You can you can honestly take a shot on him at you know uh, 3,900 on DraftKings, playing only 20 minutes or 17 minutes. 17, 20 minutes is probably the range with Adams in. But on the Charlotte side, I just don't have a lot of faith in the rotation, uh, let alone some the upside for these guys here. Yeah, both these two teams in the bottom 10 in pace. Um, you know, looking at the game logs and looking at, like, the usage numbers for Devontae Graham, um, we're starting to notice, like, he does really well in pace up spots. Like, he's been a guy that has really done well in pace up spots. Now, he can crush in any matchup when he shoots the yeah. ball well, but if you if you click his game log and you start going through the pace and usage stats, like, you know, it's starting to correlate more and more um, on his big fantasy days, you know, the pace – continue to be up and, and high. So um, just kind of something to watch with Devontae Graham with Charlotte playing at like the third slowest pace in the NBA this season. But I don't really love him in this spot. It's a five-game slate. Um, it is a back-to-back for OKC, so maybe this game plays a little bit faster. Um, but it could also slow down a lot too because Charlotte likes to play slow. But, yeah, outside of, like, him, Rogier at 6,500 is not the worst play in the world. Um, he's a guy that has 40-point upside, so I don't hate him on a five-game slate. Probably not going to roll P.J. Washington out there. Um, it was a finger injury, so he's probably still conditioned. But I just need to see the minutes, so really don't have a ton of interest. I'm like you um, with this Charlotte team um, outside of maybe taking shots on Rogier and Graham. Moving on. We got Philly at Orlando. Philly favored by four in this game. Thibel is out. Um, Aminu and Michael Carter-Williams for the Orlando Magic are out. Um, let's start here with Philadelphia. You know, speaking of, like, slower-paced teams, these two teams are pretty slow in pace as well. Like, you know, we have one 
you know, maybe we could technically say two games that will kind of play fast today, but we have a lot of slower paced games today, and this is another one of them. Yeah, this should be a, a pretty slow paced one, and also a really good defensive game with both teams uh, being in the top half of, of a defensive efficiency this year. So on on the Philly side, you know, you can always go to Embiid in any matchup. He's essentially matchup proof. The only issue here is we've seen a lot of things with his minutes um, going up and down, and that is the main concern for Embiid. A guy like Ben Simmons, he's going to play, you know, the full complement of minutes essentially every night in any game that's uh, competitive for the most part. You know, Embiid, even on Christmas Day where, you know, guys tend to see a lot of run, only 28 minutes. He hasn't uh, reached 30 minutes in any of the last three games. Some of that is due to blowout. But um, any game, you know, where it appears that Philly has a little bit of control, he can be under 30 minutes, and that is a little bit of a, a risk. But people have been going away from Embiid for that reason. So if he's going to come in low-owned, I think he could be really interesting in what is a tough matchup. But um, it's mainly Ben Simmons and Embiid for me. Richardson's kind of get, working the minutes back up, and he's kind of uh, playing a, a normal workload now, but he also has – that price is also following that trend. So a um, little bit of interest in Richardson, but I wish the price was a little bit lower. Horford, the price is pretty appealing over on DraftKings, where he's only 5700 Even on FanDuel, where he's 6400 He's probably the best price sixer for me, in my opinion. So I do have some interest in, in these guys. Philly, you know, in this spot, probably not an ideal one. But like you mentioned, there's not a whole lot of the games that are going to jump off the radar here uh, as, a, you know, high-paced, high-scoring games. So this could be one that you get kind of maybe find some low-owned gems here. And Horford's definitely on my radar in this one. Yeah, I don't mind Horford. Um, I, I don't mind Embiid. I probably won't play Simmons here. Um, 8,400. He's just a guy that I feel like has, like, more of, like, 40 – to 45 instead of 50 to 55 point upside here um so i struggle playing i I hate playing ben simmons in general like he's just not a guy like that i typically play um you know disclaimer alert (laughs) i don't mind tobias harris here at 6600 but really like i I don't love philly here like i you know even josh richardson at 5900 like i feel like there's better plays in that range even on a five-game slate so um, probably not going to be playing too much from Philly here. Um, you know, Cork Maz, I will say he's been playing really solid minutes here, um, with Thibault out. So if you want to take a shot on a guy that could play 20 to 25 minutes with Thibault out at 3,600, he's going to have to shoot the ball well to, to hit value, but he is shooting the ball really well here over the last few games and the shot attempts are way up. So, um, large field tournament you know, dart play. Like, obviously, it's not anything great. Uh, the Orlando Magic side of things here, Vooch is kind of interesting here. Like, he's put up at 25, at least 25 points um, against the Philadelphia 76ers in four of the last five games, and 45, 50, 32, 51, 70 fantasy points in those five games. So, Vooch is a little interesting here at 7,700. Yeah, I think um, the price just hasn't come up to a point where he's, you know, out, you know, out of consideration here um, after the injury. And he's playing, you know, the full complement of minutes here. He, he never really saw a minutes limit. In the first game, he's played 29 minutes or more in each game. And, you know, after the first game, he's played 31 or more. So um, a lot of minutes going around for Vooch, and that's obviously really appealing. The usage is, is pretty solid, 25. And then the, the rebound rates, assist rates, they're all pretty strong. And so even in a tough matchup, I can see Vooch getting there here in this one. So I'm, I'm right there with you. I think he's going to be – I assume he's going to be pretty low on because typically people don't like to roster guys uh, against Philly, especially big men. So I, I'm totally with you. I think Vooch is a really good play. I think Isaac is a pretty interesting play here in this one too, which, you know, it could be a, a defensive game here. So maybe a guy who 
you know, basically benefits from defensive performances, defensive production, steals, blocks, et cetera. He doesn't necessarily need a high-scoring game to get there for fantasy purposes. So Isaac's someone interesting here for me. Yeah, I don't mind Isaac. Um, you know, I, I just it really it will be interesting to see like the first time these two teams played that you know Embiid and Horford kind of switched off and on on Vucevic and Isaac. Like you know, I want whoever's gonna whoever Horford's gonna guard. That's the yeah. guy that I want. So, um, but outside of that, like, there's not a lot here for the Magic. You know. I played DJ Augustine a bunch the other day, and he kind of dudded. His minutes kind of just disappeared against Chicago um, after having really solid minutes and took three shot attempts after, like, taking at least eight in four straight games. So probably won't go there. Um, you know, Terrence Ross always has upside off the bench the nights that he shoots well. But, again, like, I just – I don't love the magic here. I think maybe you could take a shot on Fultz at 5K, um, the revenge factor of facing Philly. So, but like, <laughs> I don't know if I want to get into too much revenge. Um, but moving on, we got Milwaukee at Atlanta, two thirty-eight total here. Um, Milwaukee's favored by twelve in this game. Bledsoe's out, and Alex Len is out. Um, obviously, this game has the highest total, you know, and Milwaukee has a massive total here, by far the highest total on the slate. Um, what are we looking at here for the Bucks? Yeah, I mean, Giannis is always in play here. Obviously, you know, you like him in games where he's getting, the game's going to be close, so that could be a little bit of an, an issue here. But it should be a, a pretty fast-paced game. This is obviously going to be the fastest-paced game on the slate with both teams being in, in the top five to top ten where I'm in pace. So it's going to be a pretty paced-up game. I think this is going to be probably the most popular game on the slate. So for the Bucks, you can always look at Giannis. But the guy that I'm mainly looking at is, uh, is Chris Middleton. I know the price came up, and I think that might shy some people away from him. Um, the minutes were really, really strong on Christmas Day. Obviously, had an uptick with with Giannis dealing with some uh, injury issue when he got poked in the eye. I don't know if you saw that, but that just looked brutal. Where uh, Richardson literally his looked like he got stabbed in the eye by uh, Richardson's finger. It was a tough one to watch. But um, George Hill and DiVincenzo are another two guys that are definitely interesting here. DiVincenzo's priced up a little bit, but George Hill at forty two hundred on both sides. The game, you know, the game script does depend on who's going to get the closing rotation for for these guys with Matthews now back in the lineup. Um, so I guess I would prefer Hill in a game that where it stays close and DiVincenzo is going to get the blowout run more likely than not. But, you know, Hill's been producing pretty well lately, and obviously it's a really good matchup. So he's someone I'm going to. Over the last 30 days, he's at a 1.1 uh, DraftKings point per minute and 1.06 FanDuel point per minute. So the numbers are looking pretty strong for Hill over the past month. Um, yeah, you know, I honestly, I don't hate it. Um, like if this game stays close, so like, you know, Middleton, um, is a guy that I like regardless if this game stays close or not. Like, you know, he's just a guy that could put up a ton of shots in this game here against Atlanta and they're just terrible defensively in general. So, um, like, you know, Atlanta is the third worst defensive efficiency team in the NBA facing, you know, the number one defensive efficiency team in the NBA, but they're both teams that play pretty fast and pace they're both in the top eight so like if this game for some reason stays close and like and Trey Young and John Collins have good games and we'll talk about them here in a second like you know Middleton and Giannis probably crush so like game stacks of this game could easily win you a tournament you know especially when we're looking at this five game slate and raw points are going to matter but you know I think that you know make you make some strong points here with George Hill I think at 4200 you know you're definitely potentially taking a shot on him here I think you could t- potentially take a shot on like a Brooke Lopez played him a ton on Christmas day. And of course 
he finally has the like come back to earth game um <laughs> you know like crushing 30 30 30 30 and in 22 but it is what it is um you know we can't be right all the time it was just it was very frustrating um but don't think I would take too many shots on anybody else here from the Bucks. I think the only other guy that I would take a shot in a large field tournament is Wesley Matthews. But, you know, you never feel good about playing Wes Matthews. Um, on the Atlanta side, you know, it's really easy. Like, John Collins is still way underpriced at 7600 Yeah, I think he's the best player from this game, even outside of Giannis, where you know, just because of pricing, really, I assume he's going to be pretty popular here. The matchup might – look deceiving here because the matchup against Brooke Lopez individually is pretty strong. Obviously I know there's a little bit more uh, complex factors to, you know, factor into to the defensive matchup here, you know, as the Bucks are good as a, as a team defensively, but John Collins is still just way too cheap. Um, that's really all you can say about it. The rates were really strong uh, before the year or before the suspension, I should say. And they looked, he looked really good in his first game back. So I'm definitely going back to John Collins in this one. Trey young is, Trey Young is a guy who I'm definitely willing to play, even at a a price tag that is extremely high. So he's only $500 less than Giannis. But if he is going to be extremely low-owned on DraftKings, where obviously people could just levitate to Giannis or even go cheaper, because you know he's $1,100 more than Embiid and $500 less than Giannis. So he might get caught in, in a dead zone where nobody really wants to play him. If that's the case, I think it's really interesting in you know, finding a way to fit both Giannis and Trey Young into your lineups. And I think you make a great point on, on the game stack. Trey Young and John Collins, I think, are two strong plays. I think John Collins will be pre- pretty popular. But I think game stacking this one makes a lot of sense, especially if you're trying to get Giannis and, and or Middleton in your lineup. Yeah, I think the other guy you could potentially take a shot on here is Herter um, at 5,200. You know, yeah. He's not a guy that's going to go out and get 10 rebounds, but he can pick up a few assists. He's very active defensively, and the minutes are going to be very solid. So, He's another guy that I don't mind here. Maybe if you like, maybe if you don't take a shot on like uh, Trey Young at ten eight, and you like go Giannis, Middleton, Collins, Herter, or something like along those lines. Like, it makes little sense. Um, you know, we we kind of expected Jabari's minutes to kind of disappear with Collins coming back. You know, and then Alex Lynn being out here could open up a few extra minutes. Um, for one of these other guys but like good luck trying to figure out which one it is maybe it's fernando like i don't trust any of these guys like i'm pretty much playing those three guys like it's young it's collins it's herder i don't think i will play hunter but his minutes are probably safer than anybody else um that's left on atlanta yeah i think just considering the slate size hunter is definitely in play 4700 on DraftKings. And you essentially can lock him in for 30 to 32 minutes, and he definitely has upside for more. Over the last two games, they were close games, but he played 39 and 38 minutes. Obviously, it can be a little bit of a roller coaster here as, as you look back and you kind of see, you know, a 23 minute game. Uh, three games ago, you see a, a 24 minute, minute game, you know, a few games ago as well. So it can obviously be up and down, but I would, I would probably project him for, you know, 32 to 33 minutes with upside for more. So at that price on a small slate, I do think he's definitely in play. I will say, like, if you're playing 150 teams on this five-game slate, like, you better have, like, 3 to 5% Jabari Parker. Just because there's always that chance that, like, even in 20 minutes, he puts up, you know, 30 or 40 fantasy points. And his prices come down so much that I'm just saying, like, if you're playing a bunch of teams on this slate, like, you, you have to. He's just that ceiling guy. Like, Yeah, definitely. He, he's just he's that guy that every once in a while will break the slate and he's yeah. down to his cheapest price it's been in a long time so yep 
Uh, we got the Pacers and the Heat. Um, obviously, this is the game that we're kind of waiting on the injury news here. Brogdon is questionable. Um, that's the big one. Winslow's out uh, still for Miami. Let's start with the Pacers. Obviously, this whole slate depends on if Brogdon plays or not. Like, it, it, we're not going to try to sugarcoat this whatsoever. Um, obviously, it opens up a lot of ownership. Um, it opens up a lot of usage. Miami and Indiana both play at similar paces. They play pretty slow. Um, so, like, you're not expecting this game to be fast-paced. They're both top 11 in defensive efficiency. You're expecting this game to be defensive. But if you get news that Brogdon's not going to play, like, T.J. Warren's probably too cheap. Um, you know, Jeremy Lamb's probably too cheap. McConnell's probably too cheap. Like, you know, Brogdon being out could open up a lot of things here. Yeah, McConnell's a really interesting tournament play. Obviously, Holiday is going to be a, a very strong play if, if Brogdon sits. The price went up a little bit on DraftKings, but I still think he'll be a fairly popular play, just just considering the role that he's really carved out off the bench, even with Brogdon healthy. But, you know, even with him uh, out, the starting getting in the starting lineup is definitely huge for Holiday. definitely solidifies his minutes here. So I think Holiday would be a really strong play. If Brogdon does play, um, I'd definitely be willing to take a chance on it. It's obviously the the risk of him being limited minutes-wise is probably pretty high. But on a five-game slate and, you know, a game that, like you mentioned, it's not going to be too fast-paced, but uh, 6700 on DraftKings I think is a pretty strong price here. And I don't think anybody's going to want to play him. So I think he could be a really good tournament play. As far as the rest of this team, I think Sabonis is always in play. Um, I've, I've talked about it on, you know, Grinders Live and, and even here a lot. I think Sabonis is one of the better tournament players, you know, uh, DFS plays. Night in, night out, just because his floor is so high and he does come with decent upside as well. So he's basically a walking double-double. So I'm always willing to place a bonus, especially if, you know, he's going to be low on with some some pretty strong plays at his position. Yeah, I will say, like, I don't mind Sabonis, but if Brogdon sits, my main target's probably TJ Warren. Like, we we have enough sample size now with Brogdon off the floor that, like, we just know that, yep. you know, TJ Warren is the guy that's going to get – massive usage bump and like it's not a great matchup for Sabonis either like it's a pretty tough matchup so like you know you have to also consider that but kind of have to wait and see what the injury news looks like you know when we get the news here just kind of go through um court IQ run it with Brogdon off the court you know see who's going to get the bumps here and I'm going to tell you you know you're going to see TJ Warren really pop in a lot of categories so yep. um he at 5800 even in a tough matchup here against Miami he's going to play a bunch of minutes too so um you know you got to you got to like it and um he, like I said he'd probably be my main target here from the Pacers and um Miami what are we looking at here on the Heat Yeah so this is another one it's kind of going to be of a deep, defensive struggle here a little bit but I definitely think you can go to some of these uh, guys here, especially with Winslow still out. I know it kind of uh, is a little bit risky with these wings. You know, Butler is kind of a lock for the minutes, but none, Hero, Duncan Robertson, they can all kind of find their way into the closing rotation or find their way into, uh, you know, getting a few extra minutes. So it's definitely tough. I think Butler's a, a really strong play. Prices come down, uh, you know, since, you know, about a week and a half, I think he was up near 9K on DraftKings. So um, the price is definitely down a little bit. Uh, 7,800, I believe. Yeah, 7,800. On DraftKings, so I'm definitely willing to take a shot in the price there, even in what is a, a pretty tough matchup. But I, I think that's about it for me. I, I, I'm kind of lukewarm on uh, Bam Adebayo. Obviously, he's a monster and he can perform in any matchup. I just think I'm gonna lean other places. You know, if you're at if your lineup's at Bam Adebayo, you can probably find a way up to Embiid. 
You can find your way down to Sabonis. So he's kind of a guy that's kind of falling into a kind of no man's land here. So that could mean good things for his ownership. But if he's going to be a, a pretty popular play or maybe not even an under-the-radar play, I don't think I'll get to him too much, but he is somewhat interesting. I just think I'm finding myself in other directions with Sabonis, with Vooch, with John Collins, and with Embiid really at his position. So, Yeah, like I don't love the heat here. I think Gordon Drogic is really, really interesting. Um, his prices come down. The minutes are definitely there. Um you know, so I think Gordon Drogic is probably my favorite play from the Heat. Yeah. Uh, but honestly, that's not saying much because, like, I don't like the Heat here. Um, I do think Gordon Drogic could be pretty low-owned. Um, I don't think he'll be too popular here. So, I-, I think he's a guy that you could potentially look at. He is that, like, second-unit usage guy, and we all know how much I love those those guys. Um, you know, as long as they're going to continue to start Duncan Robinson and not Goran Dragic and Kendrick Nunn and not Goran Dragic, like, you know, Derek Jones, Tyler Hero, these guys that get usage, but, you know, Goran Dragic is going to be the usage guy in that second yeah. unit. So, um, Butler's cheap under 8K. You know, I think you can take a shot on him. Um, he's always a guy that has upside, but it's just not a game that I love. But, like, if you're playing a bunch of teams, you definitely want to get some exposure from this game because it could be a game that ends up going to overtime. And, like, you know, it's probably going to be one of the closer basketball games on the slate. Yeah, I mean, for me personally, whenever I'm MMEing or even doing, you know, 20 lineups, whatever it may be, uh, on a smaller slate, I do try to get a mix of anything because you really never know what's going to happen. And on a small slate, I think you can afford to do that. So usually I'll try to set rules to where I get a game stack from, you know, whatever percentage of every game. So that way kind of have a taste of any game that may go off because, you know, any game that on any given day, anything could happen. And on a five game slate, you should take advantage of being able to kind of diversify a little more. All right, let's end it up here. We got Phoenix at Golden State, 222 total here. Phoenix favored by three. Aiton is out. Kai Bowman's out. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I am so Kai Bowman tilted me so much on Christmas day. Like, I made my lineups in the morning, and oh, I never went back and edited anything. Obviously, it's Christmas Day. I have two kids. There was zero chance that I was editing anything on Christmas Day. But why all of a sudden was he randomly active for one game from the G League? Took some minutes from Alec Burks. So, super, super frustrating. Um, And then Looney's out, and Pascal is questionable again. Um, You're going to see a questionable mark on Oubre, but he's – probable on the injury report so let's talk phoenix here what are we looking at here for the suns yeah so obviously with Aiton being out some things are going to open up for you know Saric, baines kaminsky i think baines is a pretty strong player obviously it's an amazing matchup baines is the minutes have been pretty strong with uh Aiton out over the last two games 30 and 32 minutes so i think baines is probably one of the better values on the slate at i believe it's 4800 on DraftKings. yep so i think he's a really strong play Saric kind of in the same boat here i think this is going to be probably the best DFS game for, you know, fantasy purposes. Booker at 6,900, I think that's just way, way too cheap. He obviously has a ton of upside. I like him more with Rubio out, but that's obviously not the case here. But I'm still willing to uh, go there at 6,900. Oh, man, like, <laughs> Booker, 6,900 for Booker is just – we know, like, the game that, like, he goes out and he shoots 25 times, he can put up 70 fantasy points against anybody. We know how well he plays in fast-paced games. Like, uh, Devin Booker, like, probably a staple play for me on this slate. Like, obviously news and stuff can change that, but 
Uh, Booker and Rubio, like even Rubio at 7,100, these guys just have so much upside. Like they're severely underpriced for me in this spot. Like this is one of my favorite games on the slate. It's a standalone game too. So like you kind of, you can mess around with your lineup. Like if you're behind and you know that you have a very outside chance of doing anything here. So like, I I just love this one. I I think that, you know, I don't really love Baines. Um, I think if I was going to play anybody, I'd take a shot on like Frank the tank, just getting randomly hot off the bench or something like Sarge getting hot off. Like one of those guys, but like, I don't love the bigs here. I absolutely love this spot for Booker and Rubio. I don't even hate Ubre if he plays at 6,300 because he has the upside. Like, I want one of those three guys. Yeah, I think it's something to monitor is Sarge. His minutes have been pretty low over the last two games. I assume it's because of the leg injury, um, 17 minutes and 19 minutes over the last two games when he was a guy who was, you know, essentially playing 30 minutes night in and night out. So I assume it's due to injury, but um, some of these guys are picking up a few extra minutes because of that. And it hasn't really been Kaminsky. So, I mean, I do think I do agree with you. He's definitely a guy who can get hot off the bench. And if he gets hot, he gets the extra minutes. He does get the minutes over Baines, you know, if he's shooting well. So, obviously, in a a matchup like this, that could definitely happen. Um, But, yeah, I I think Booker – you can't often say a guy who is 6,900, you just would not be surprised if he went out and scored 50 real points. That, that, That doesn't happen often. And when you see a guy like Devin Booker's price here, in a matchup like this one, I think he's just a really strong play. But I agree with you, though. If you are – I'm assuming Booker is going to be pretty popular in this one, which could lead to guys like Ubre and Rubio not being as popular. And in a game that should be a really good fantasy environment, I don't mind you know pivoting to either of those guys. I think they're both really strong plays. Honestly, I don't think you can go really too wrong in this one, just kind of find the guys that are going to play the minutes. And I think they're all pretty strong plays in a matchup like this. Like Bridges is a guy who isn't anything really exciting – for, uh, from you know a permanent perspective, but he's going to play pretty solid minutes here. So um, I'm leaning to trying to get guys like Booker, Rubio, and Ubre in the lineups, but I don't mind these value guys either. Yeah, the thing here like is interesting. Like if you're playing Booker in your utility spot to kind of get that late game hammer, like I would leave 200 bucks because yeah. if you're behind, like you just switch to Rubio, like because everybody's going to have Booker that has players in that late game if they only have one guy. So um, I think it'll be pretty popular too. So um, the Golden State side, I'm going back to the well on Alec Burks. I know he burned everybody the other day on Christmas Day, but Kai Bowman is expected to be down in the G League. He's expected to be out for this game. I really think it was very heavily correlated with that. I played a ton of Damian Lee. Like I got Golden State right outside of, Bowman and Burks the other day but like I'm going back to the well on all these guys yeah I mean the Bowman thing was kind of a kind of strange you know obviously you know I played my main lineup on FanDuel on Christmas Day and I actually made my lineup in a bathroom at my girlfriend's parents house so I couldn't really do anything about it I didn't really have any of the news so once once it locked didn't have anything to do so with him being down or expected to be down in the G League for this one I think Burks is in, in, in a great spot here. The Damian Lee price has just shot up after, I think, his probably career game. I'd probably go on a limb and say it'll be his best game ever. Um, but, yeah, it's Burks for me. I love Willie Cauley-Sign in this spot. I think he's in a, a really good spot. The minutes for him have been really strong, so that's the main uh, the main appealing point for Willie Cauley-Sign. I mean, he's always been a pretty solid fantasy player, and now he's getting up near 30 minutes over the last three games, so he's definitely appealing for me. Like you said, I think you can go to any of these guys here. I think Draymond's fine. I think Russell's fine. And I really like Burks, especially if Bowman's out. And 
hopefully people will be scared off of him and maybe we can get him at, get him at lower ownership. Yeah, I will say like, you know, as far as the value goes for Lee, uh, probably the best place to play him is Yahoo. Um, he's still only like 15 bucks over there. So like, you know, he's probably still going to be pretty popular over there. But like his price either elsewhere, you could definitely fade him. Um, I have no issues with that. I, I don't hate it as like a tournament play. Um, you know, he's not going to go out and get 15 rebounds every night. Um, but he still has some upside. It, it's just I would much rather play Burks in this spot. I think this is a, you know, bounce back game for Burks. Um, you know, Glenn Robinson at 4,400 could play a bunch of minutes in this game yeah. too. So um, plenty of ways to be different on a five game slate, which I like. Um, Kai Bowman, man, like I'm still so tilted about that. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. But anyway, the injury report for Kai Bowman says he's back with the G league. I couldn't find a report on it, but I'll go off of the official NBA injury report. So, all right, let's play the morning grind game and then we'll get out of here for the weekend. Um, if you guys missed it yesterday, or, you know, on Thursday we posted the week 17 morning grind and tried to break down all the scenarios. There's an awesome article on Rotor Grinders by Chris Gimino breaking down stuff as well. Yes, I'm stalling to get the morning grind game pulled up. Um, give me your favorite play under 5K to 7X. Uh, going off the last game, I think it's going to be Willie Cauley-Stein, 4,500. I think it's a little bit too cheap for the, the amount of minutes he's getting right now. Pretty strong per minute guy as is, so – uh, and a pretty strong matchup. I think it's going to be Willie Collestein to go 7X for me. The more I think about it, the more I like DeAndre Hunter. So I think he's going to be the guy for me. Um, I did not realize, like, we we kind of skimmed over and we were talking about it, but I did not realize, like, how much his shot attempts were really up um, and, and Jabari Parker yeah. not getting a ton of minutes. So, like, DeAndre Hunter is a guy that I, I wouldn't mind here. Collins being on the floor opens up free shots for people, too. Like, that 19 shot attempts for Cleveland uh, for Hunter against Cleveland is not a fluke. Like John Collins is going to open things up. It's going to open up things for Trey young. So um, give me your guy over eight K to go under five X. There's not a ton of options today. Yeah. I think this is a tough one. Um, I think selfishly, I would probably say bam out of bio just because I, you know, as of now, I just don't see me playing a whole lot of him, but I, I do think he's still a fine play, but um, I'm just going to go with him. I think the, all these guys over AK, it'd be either him or Simmons for me, but uh, I'm going to stick with Bam and kind of think that uh, going guys that are cheaper or even just going up to Embiid are, are the better play tonight. Those are my two guys too. Um, right there with you. So I'm going to go Simmons since you went Bam. I think those are the two guys that I'll play the least of um, over AK. So and whether they go 5X or not, those are going to be my least two favorite plays. Uh, give me your favorite 6X play on the slate. All right, so for this one, I think it's a little bit risky because the guy is a little bit, you know, more expensive. But I'm going to go Ricky Rubio. I uh, kind of mentioned how much I like him, and I think he's a really good GPP play, especially considering, you know, he's only 200 more than Devin Booker. So I think people will want to go Booker over Rubio. I think he makes for a really strong tournament play. I was going to say Booker, but I'm going to go a little off the board here. I like going off the board. If Steven Adams gets the minutes today, he's going to crush. Um if for some reason he doesn't play, like Noel is the easiest play on the slate, don't be that person. Yeah. Um, give me your let's get weird GPP play of the day. Yeah, this one's tough. I think you can do a lot of things to get weird uh, on this slate. You know, it's only five games. But but for me, I'm going to be a little bit up. I'm going to be overweight on a guy like George Hill here. 
I think he just has a little bit of upside here, especially in a game that if it stays close, he's going to get a few extra minutes. And he's been pretty strong over the past month, like I mentioned earlier. So I'm going to go George Hill. All right. I like it. Um, I'm going to go Gordon Drogic. Like I, I talked about him, you know, being like the guy that I'd probably play for Miami. I think he's going to be low on here. And I think that he has some really solid upside at 5,300. And I think he has a really solid floor too. Um, so I don't mind taking a little bit of floor here with a guy like him. Um, give me your game selection um, question of the day. What tournament or cash game are you looking at that's just kind of standing out to you? Yeah, uh, for me, it's the $50 NBA Swish over on FanDuel. I've been, you know, finding myself more more and more doing one lineup over on FanDuel. So um, it's a pretty strong contest. The The payout structure isn't anything crazy. It's pretty, uh, pretty balanced. So that's going to be the contest I'm choosing today. Yeah, so I've been playing, like, one lineup a night, too. Like, I've been playing one cash and one tournament lineup on – and just, like, it's just – I, I never realized just how much harder it is to play um, NBA when you have two kids, not a child. But yeah, so like, I like that one. I'm going to go kind of high stakes a little bit more today. Um, I kind of mix it up all the time, but the $75 three entry max tournament on DraftKings, the 7.5K pick and roll pop um, is really interesting. It's only 113 people um, for a three-entry max tournament. You get a lot of, like, top-end players in this tournament. So, like, you can kind of know what the chalk is going to be. So, there's there's interesting ways to be different with this tournament. And the thing that I like about it, it pays 23% of the field. Min cash is 2x, and first is only getting 20%. So, like, first is still getting $1,500 on, you know, $225 if you put all three entries in there. But, like, you're only playing against 113 people. Um, and, again, like, you're going to see a lot of the top-end players in these tournaments. And there's just so many ways that you can, you know, differentiate and be different. Um, even if you only play one team in the three-entry max. Like, if you're not wanting to play the chalk, it's a really interesting tournament. Um, and I like it if you're a mid to high-stakes bankroll guy. Uh, give me your favorite over-under on this slate. Yeah, so I, I kind of had a double take because I think the Golden State-Phoenix game being at 223, is that what you have as well, 223 and a half? It's, it opened at 222. It's up to 223, yeah. Okay, yeah, I think that's a little too low. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if we see this game even go up, continue to go up for from the Vegas perspective. So I'm going to go with the over on that game. Yeah, that was what I was going to take as well. Um, I don't have a line for the Pacers and Miami game, but whatever it comes out, whatever it opens at, I'll take the under. Like. <laughs> easy done like yep. <laughs> since kyle took mine i was definitely taking the over in the golden state that that would be like i'd hammer that bet like right now like if i lived in the state you could bet but hey i live in florida they're trying yeah. uh any final thoughts before we get out of here kyle uh no i think we pretty much summed it up just uh want to wish everyone good luck and hope everyone had a, a good holiday season all right that's gonna wrap it up here for friday we'll be back monday talking some more hoops good luck in your contest and we'll see you then